Hey, how's it going? Hey, doing well. How are you doing? Great, great. How's your It's been pretty good. I, um, I'm actually on a piece of property helping a friend kind of sit their animals while they're on a business trip. So I've got um, like six goats, a dog, about 10 cats, and a bunch of chickens that I'm looking after. So I woke up super early to get out on the farm and get all my duties done. And then I had a fun workout and now I'm playing with some kittens. How has your morning been? <laughs> it was pretty good. I usually, uh, you know, for some reason I've been getting up early. Like I used to get up early with like no problem, no matter how late I went to bed. But for some reason I've been a little tired and having trouble getting up. I guess it's catching up to me. Oh, yeah, that, that sometimes happens to me when I find myself staying up later than I wanted to. I used to think that I could stay up until 11, 30, 12 and still get up at 6 a.m. And that's no longer the case. I have to go to bed by 9.30 or something like that in order to be able to really get up and make it happen. Yep, we're senior citizens now. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But um, I I wanted to interview you because you seem like a really, you know, really cool person. And I mean, we have so many like great friends in common, too. I know. I, I thought that was so cool. I was going to say I'm, I'm honored that you asked me um, because you've got such a prestigious group of guests already. I was like, what does he want to talk to me for? But <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's really cool cool to be on here I don't think I've ever done a podcast oh I'm glad to be here I'm glad to be here first but yeah I did uh do you know uh Matt Lancaster oh yeah he is a great guy yeah I did his uh I did his uh girlfriend's podcast earlier uh last month and I'm gonna do his podcast uh, later on this week but uh yeah I went to uh Colin College so I know you know Brian uh Alavira I know I did one with Byron earlier this week I know uh Mark uh Quatch and Mark Molino he's an awesome voice coach by the way oh he is fantastic I mean it's seriously some of the best work that I've ever done. I remember, I mean, going in with him, um, I did the weekly lessons for a couple years. And anytime we'd work on a song, I, I got so much out of it. And I still think back to lessons that he gave me. Um, you know, I remember something he always said to me was, okay, are you listening and using your ear or are you reading the music? You need to read the music. <laughs> yeah, that's what he would do to me too. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and do you know uh, Madrul uh, Carmona? Oh yeah, yeah, he's a great guy too. Oh, he's so sweet. Yeah, he was in my uh, class too, and uh, I was talking to him, you know, just catching up, and he would be like, "Mark always made me, you know, hit the high notes," and I was like, "You too." I thought it was just me because, like, when I was in his class, 
he would always like I would be used to singing in my voice and not the right note. So he would be like, bring it up there, bring it up there. Mm-hmm. And and he would always, you know, push you because I, I was scared. But he was like, every time you go up there, it sounds awesome. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he he's so great with how he could challenge us in this humorous way. Um, sorry if you hear that. Um, I've got you on speaker. My cat just got in the litter box. Oh, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> but um, yeah, he would. He he had this humor about him and this smile on his face constantly that gave you a reassurance of, okay, well, I can just try it and see what happens. And even if it sounds ugly, and usually it didn't sound ugly. Usually it, you know, got out of you what you needed. So it's a brilliant yeah, and band. he's. And, like, I don't know if you know Vonda, but him and Vonda are, like, when it comes to voice, they're two of the best, I feel. I feel like, um, what, like say, for instance, whenever there was a uh, audition, the whole DFW area would be, like, freaking out. <laughs> and then we would see Mark, and we would be like, okay, we're good. At least we got the music part down. <laughs> right, know? right. Yeah. So how long have you been uh how long have you been acting? Um my whole life really. I was one of those kids that lived in my Disney costumes and um you know I I think I was singing before I could talk. My mom used to have me perform for everyone which I didn't like because I was really shy as a kid and I liked singing just for the pleasure of singing not to be you know I was like not one of those kids that was a natural performer. I just loved singing and acting and being in costume and making costumes. So um, I, I'm from Buffalo, New York. I started taking acting classes at Shea's Performing Arts um, when I was maybe seven. And I've been taking ballet and jazz since I was three. So it's been a whole whole lifetime of doing things it was always what I knew I wanted to do in high school I spent every day in the theater I would go to school probably 30 minutes early to an hour early just to be um, I don't know I'm sure you feel this too but there's something about being in an empty theater and just standing on the stage when no one else is in there that is so magical and Oh man, it is like I, I did that with because I did uh working at uh Mountain View and I did um I did uh let's see I did working at Mountain View and I did um uh another show at Bishop Arts Theater and I did another show at Theater Three and I you know when I'm free have free time before rona i would just go there when they wasn't having the show and just stand there and just meditate it was awesome so i know exactly what you mean yeah i love that i i I miss it a lot i was thinking about that as we've all been in lockdown just kind of reminiscing you know sometimes i'll close my eyes and picture the back of a stage so yeah and I love when people say that answer because it's the same case with me. Like, I tell this all the time. I'm like, when I was about three years old worshiping Barney, mm-hmm. I would 
even point to the TV and be like, Mom, I want to play with Barney. I want to be, you know, I want to be over there with the kids. You know, I even wanted to act then. So I can relate to that a lot. That's so funny. Yeah, I was a I was a huge Barney fan, too. But I don't know that I ever thought about it in that way. I love that that's Barney's your start. Yeah, and it's funny because now kids have uh, JoJo Siwa. JoJo Siwa? I haven't even heard of that. She's uh, She started out on Dance Moms as one of the dancers. And let me tell you, she's literally the last person that you would have thought uh, would have became uh, famous from the show. But it actually makes sense because she was the most different and, you know, eccentric. She would always have, like, a bow in her hair. And she was the nicest one, too. So. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I'm going to check her out. I wonder if my – um, I've got baby nieces. Um, they do. They're, they're probably into her. <laughs> yeah, they are. Like, I was uh, babysitting for – you know, a short time to earn money, and every single kid I babysitted knew who that was. <laughs> Definitely. So, what inspires you um, as an actor? Wow. Um, you know, I the the famous line "All the world's a stage" is something that I I feel is an inspiration daily for me as an actor, but also as a person, because, um, you know, I'm really into the idea and the play of not only acting and bringing something different on stage and enlivening your characters on stage, but also enlivening your personal character um, every single day and and living life like uh, a musical and, and like a show. Um, so, you know, I, I find that to be inspiring and I love, I think I used theater as an escape for, for a while when I was in high school and college. I had a lot in my life, um, you know, going on that theater was the only way that I could be someone else and express myself and um, live out these sometimes parallel situations it's weird how that works but my life with theater has always been really interesting where I'd get roles that coincided with what I was going through at the time and it was always a really nice way to you know it's cathartic and you get to bring I don't know you went to quad c so you may remember um Brad Baker but he used to always talk about the MasterCard and like the idea of bringing yourself into every role um and that always really inspired me too yeah did you say brad baker yeah yeah it's funny because you know people say a lot about that guy and he has been through a lot he has been into a lot but i'll tell you one thing i would not be the person i was if it wasn't for him like you know despite his faults uh, he was an amazing theater teacher. You know what? He was. And I don't, I I think I heard that like he just kind of disappeared off the map for me. So I, 
I'm not too like current with with any of the um, like news that's that's gone on in the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, we don't we don't have to get into that. But I, I will say that yeah, he um, he's a fantastic director and and teacher and really helped me grow a lot. Yeah, and see, I liked to look at his teaching style you know as a plus because yes he did have his favorites but at the end of the day when you go to Hollywood all directors have favorites so I when people took that as a negative sense I took that as a positive sense to prepare me for the next step and it did help a lot because I did run into directors that had uh, you know favorites and whatnot so I, I think you can learn from anybody you know Oh, yeah. I, I think that's the um, I feel like my whole professional life in Dallas was was all about people who had favorites and, and played a very personal game, um, you know, throughout. So you're right. That's that in some sense, that's the industry. Yeah. I kind of wish it wasn't. I, you know, I hope that we we grow and expand beyond that. But but it definitely grounds you. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. How do you feel about the audition process? Um, hmm, that's a good question. It's, it's been a while since I've done a traditional audition. Um, but I, you know, I definitely always remember feeling like it's so fast and uh, you know, that just having people in front of you and a panel. And a lot of times it seems to me, at least in Dallas anyway, that like all of the people at the table knew, um, you know, they knew everyone. So you either, you either knew the directors for the show and you got cast yeah. or you didn't know them and you didn't, but I remember Mark always saying to me, that's why you just keep going to audition after audition after audition, because after a while, they, you know, know you, and then you're in in that sense. So I think this yeah. process is what it is. Um, I don't have any complaints about it. It's, it was never my favorite thing, but yeah. out of your shell a little bit too. It's weird. I feel like... Yeah. I do way better performing wise once I have the role than I do in auditions. I'm just not um, the most confident auditioner. Well, I have some good news for you because it does not matter. Like uh, I have a friend who's a uh, casting agent. She works for MTV now. So all the, Love Island and all the toxic reality dating shows. Yeah, that's oh. right. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, she said that honestly, um, auditioning is like 1% of the actual audition. And when you said uh, the directors hire who they know, it's probably because, and I've talked to a lot of directors and they hate this. Like they wish they could just read your mind, but if they don't know you, then they're not, they don't know what you're capable of. Like when you're behind the scenes as a director, 
and you walk in, I don't know you. So I have to pay very attention to you, close attention to you and try to decipher your personality in like 17 or 30 seconds or however it takes you to say your monologue or write the song versus if I already know somebody and I know what they're capable of and I know where they're about. And I guess that's what favorites come from, but you know, they're more prone to hire the other person. Now, some directors are more prone to hire somebody they don't know because they're more adventurous and want to like, ooh, see what she brings to the table. Right. You know what I mean? But like your audition is like, so I don't want to say it's like irrelevant because you should go and strive to have a good audition, but it's not the, you know, saving grace. Like my friend tells me all the time when I audition people, I'd rather hire somebody that comes in with a good personality. With I'm sure you know Gail. She uses this word all the time with ease, with a good aura, then stumble over all their lines than somebody that comes in cold, nervous, kind of rude and says everything perfectly, right. you know? Right. Yeah. I don't know if you uh, heard me talk about this, but Brian Cranston he said that he likes to look at auditions as birthday parties. And like when you go to a birthday party and you give a gift, if I give you something, I'm not going to expect the gift back because it's not my birthday. And when I give the gift, I'm not going to be concerned with what you do with it because it's just my job. Show up, give the gift, have fun. And he said he looks at auditions the same way. He His audition is a gift if you can use him great if not it was a pleasure performing in front of you oh you my know? gosh I love that so much I hadn't heard you say that I'm really glad you told me that that's that's great yeah and it's helped me out a lot and like the fact that I know that my audition because I talked to Brian and I cannot believe people do this I get chills just thinking about it but he says people actually come up to him and ask him, why did you give me that role? Can you believe that? <laughs> no, that's, that's like, crazy. Like, to me, that's so, like, unprofessional. Like, I'd be scared. You know? I'd be scared but, to um, away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because to me, that, and, like, there's two things that uh, actors do that I hate. And, like, I don't mind the one thing because I used to do it when I was, like, an amateur. But one thing actors do if you're making a movie, uh, and I don't mind if, like, people I interview do it because you guys are my friends, you know, you're my family. But, like, some people will come up to you and be like, hey, can you put me in your movie? Or, hey, can you put me in your uh in your show and I'm like number one I don't know you you know and, and you could be a diva or difficult to work with for all I care and number two audition like everybody else there's people that work their ass off at auditions and go through hell because they hate auditions it's for somebody to just waltz up and get it you know this isn't Disney and this isn't a Marvel movie you know right I mean, yeah and even if it yeah. were Disney or a Marvel movie, like those people have to audition too, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, actually, Disney, uh, they handpick their superheroes. That's why. I... Do they? I always thought that, um, well, so maybe it's just like Disney parks and stuff. I, I feel like I always see Disney auditions on. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I, I used to work in uh, uh, Orlando. Yeah, they you do have to audition for that. But like as far as the uh, superhero goes, they actually had picked those roles. Oh, okay. I I was not aware of that. Who did you? Yeah. What did you do in Orlando? I was a tour guide and a street performer. Oh, how fun! Yeah, it was. It was. It's not as magical as it looks, <laughs> but there. But there was a club, so every night I got to dance off steam. So I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, I just feel like the audition process is very. And I'd bring it up because I feel like it's very like it's the most misunderstood thing in acting, in my opinion. You know, I feel like once you actually, because no director wants you to do bad, they actually, it actually sucks for them to sit down and see an awful performance. So they are rooting for you. Right. You know, and um, like I interviewed Michaela Abraham, who was on Once on This Island, and she basically told me she used to get mad when she didn't get a role, but she realizes that every role she's ever gotten or haven't gotten, she either deserved or didn't, didn't right. you know, because when the director is casting you, like if I'm casting you and say, for instance, I think you would be great as Sally Bowles in Cabaret. And I'm like, okay, I want Riri, but, you're super tall or your voice is super strong and overpowers everybody in the show. And I'm just like, oh, I really wanted her as Sally Bowles, but I can't use it, you know? It's going to give you a not a great show if you do it that way. Yeah, so, like, there's different things. Like, you could could, uh, not get the role because you were too good or uh, too tall or too short, you know, or maybe you direct remind the director of his ex I don't know mm-hmm. but there's a lot of reasons why you couldn't get it so you know I feel like it, the directing as I mean the uh, auditioning aspect you should definitely just go in there you know you're a performer be happy to be performing because you never know when it's your last time so just go in there perform give it your all and you know just hope for the best and, you know, I feel now it's easier because a lot of auditions are being taped and submitted. Right. That's probably true. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's one of those things that we just have to do. And you're right. I think it, it can be joyful and, and fun and a personal challenge even to continue to bring all you've got to auditions and and be you know, as, as happy as you can just to be doing what you love and seeing it that way. And then, you know, you get the work you get. As one nice. door closes, another opens, so they say. <laughs> Are you a Hamilton fan? Oh, so much so, yes. Yeah, I love, love, love that show. Um, who's your favorite character? Ooh, that's tough. Um... I really love Aaron Burr. Um, that's what I dream Rose. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I, I feel like, um, you know, I haven't heard you sing, but with your talking voice, I feel like that, that might be something that would be really cool. I'd love to see you perform that. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
he there's something about you know wait for it is my favorite song in the show oh yeah it's so powerful i mean there's a lot of powerful songs but like wait for it is definitely one of my favorites and it's funny because as a musical theater kid it alternates like uh right now i'm actually on uh the reynolds pamphlet and um it must be nice as my two favorites last week it was uh uh story of tonight reprise you know <laughs> so <laughs> it definitely alternates they alternate for me too yeah. um man it's just it's such a powerful show it i know really this is crazy is. but i really want to play george washington you know, it's funny you said that because uh, uh, Livewell Miranda was doing an interview and somebody asked him, would you be open to be uh, to have a girl playing um, Hamilton? And they actually threw the uh, he actually threw the gauntlet down. He said, if you find a woman that you think could play the role, by all means, would be my guest. And I just assumed that means George Washington, too. That's great to hear. So maybe maybe I'll have a shot one day. Yeah, it's, and it's funny because my friend Quentin, he wants to be Peggy. So hey, if I ever get a chance to direct it, I will cast you as George Washington, and I will cast him as Peggy. Yes, that sounds like a killer show. I'm, I'm just like, leave me alone. Let me cast who I want. It'll work. Yeah. Well, that's you know, I I the way I thought about it was. Um, I love that with that show, they do colorblind casting. And I was just thinking, why not sex blind casting too? If you can, if you can rock it, if you can pull it off. Um, So, yeah. And that just shows how good the uh, casting is and how good the show is. My first time watching it did not realize they only had like three minutes of dialogue in the whole show. Also, I did not realize it. I mean, I don't want to say colorblind because it was intentionally a colored show, but uh, I did not realize that it was an all-colored show. Like, I wasn't even... It, the show's so good, you don't look at that. You know what I mean? Right. It's not a part of it at all. And and that's that's kind of what I meant. Pardon my, my ignorance on my verbiage. Oh, no. There. no, no. I, yeah. We make up words on this show all the time. So... <laughs> Yeah. Now, um, another thing I wanted to ask you is what are your top three singers of all time? Ooh, um, Leah Salonga, who played like Jasmine and um, Milan and Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. Um love her voice i mean i've been obsessed with her voice since i was a child um i also love let's see oh 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 um the man i'm totally blanking on names um but the guy who played the um, Phantom in Love Never Dies. Oh, uh, yeah, he's good. His voice is phenomenal. Um, Did you like that show? 
I I didn't see it ever. One of my best friends from high school, um, who actually I don't know if you know or have interviewed before. His name's Michael Alonzo. He's his voice is yes. incredible. Yes. Um, he's been one of he's been my best friend since high school, and we were obsessed with that show. And listen to it all the time. I love the music. Um, he said he saw the show and and it was kind of meh. Like it didn't totally meet his, like what he thought it could be. So that was disappointing. Yeah, 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 yeah like I've always heard that. Uh, is it Ben Lewis? Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always heard that. Um, Love Never Dies wasn't a good show. Like it's basically Phantom of the Opera Part Two, but I heard that it was not a uh, very good show. I-, I do love that song till I hear you sing once more, though. That's the one. I'm yeah. It gets me every time. I can listen to that and just am covered in chills. Yeah, true, true, and like, oh my God, who, who is, is he? Your favorite one that sings it? Because you know, multiple people sing it. He's my favorite that sings it. Um, I've heard other people do phenomenal jobs, and I, I love the different attempts and the different renditions. But there's something about his voice that just like gets you. He's got this guttural quality and then but he flips up into a really beautiful um it it amazes me what he does with his voice yeah so yeah and like i don't mean to brag or nothing but when i was taking brad's brad's uh musical theater class i tell everybody all the time like i've heard um some of the best renditions of these musical theater songs that a lot of people will never get to hear like there was an Asian lady in our class. She sang, um, you know, the song feels like I'm losing my mind. Oh yeah. 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 She sang that. And like, I swear, like the room transformed into a stage. It almost scared me. I thought I was having a stroke or something. And I, Possibly I was, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, like I swear the room just colorless and all of a sudden she was on a stage. Uh, she really knocked that song out of the park and like my friend Julia St. John sang Burn better than the original person that sang it and uh, there is a guy named Ethan Mullins. Uh, we were doing our um, showcase musical theater showcase called The Thingy and Brad named it The Thingy because he was really too lazy to name it so he said, said fuck it. It's The Thingy Oh now. yeah, The Thingy. Yeah. Musical theater thingy. Yeah, <laughs> and um, there's a guy named Ethan Mullins. Beautiful voice. Beautiful voice. He killed that song. It's actually on um, YouTube, uh, but it's hard to find, so I'll find I Usually I give people homework, but I'll cut you some slack and I'll find this one for you. And, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and uh, he, yeah, because he, I want your opinion on it, because to me, he really, uh, he really killed that song. Give me one more, uh, one more singer. Oh, oh, my Michael Alonzo. Michael Alonzo. He his voice is just incredible and the passion he brings to it. He can do all sorts of styles. I've heard him rock opera and and he just takes my heart every time I 
a note comes out of his mouth. So um, as strange as that may sound, he's, he's on my top three. Yeah. Now, um, let me ask you this. Who's your top three, top 40 radio singers? Radio singers. Um, let me think about that for a moment. Um, okay. There's, I don't know. Am I, can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I started listening. She's to a singer that I hadn't heard before until recently. Um, Andra Day. Ah, she's good. Have you heard her? Uh, I think she did a version of Burn on Hamilton's mixtape. She did, yes. It's so Mm -hmm. good. But that song, um, the one I've been listening to recently, is called Rise Up. And oh, my gosh, her voice. That's her signature song. She's, yeah, she's killer. It's really inspirational, too. Um, Yeah. So her, I think, um, radio, radio, radio. I'm really into like indie, indie kind of songs. Um, so there's a band uh, called or Rosie Carney and and Lisa Hannigan. Yeah. Um, they're pretty cool. I love their blend. I'm, I I love harmony and like. Sorry that I keep I keep um, kind of breaking up. My, I'm gonna put my cats in the other room. They're being. Oh, I can't I can't hear anything. They're fine. Oh, okay. They're climbing all over my my clothes cabinet. <laughs> you guys. Um. Yeah. I, I I love bands that that have a really unique blend and um like I I love Isley too. Which is the mm-hmm. band from Texas, um, two females, and they just vocally do a very interesting thing. So I've I've loved them since high school, probably. Yeah, I like indie too, because I feel like indie is indie music is like a perfect like um, companion for movies. So sometimes my friend will have an indie station on her radio playing, and I'll be like okay, this is a song where I walk into the party and I'm like holding a red solo cup and just talking randomly <laughs> and they do a party montage. <laughs> like I do that all the time. Who's your, uh, who's your top, what's your top three songs? Top three songs. Um, pop, pop wise or musical theater wise or, or both. Or either. Both. <laughs> Both. Give me three musical theater, three pop. Okay. Um, I'll start with pop. I love Ariana Grande's God is a Woman. Yes. Um let's see. I'm a huge fan of it it always changes for me because I go through phases where I love certain certain songs. And then, you know, we'll really get into, I'll listen to 10 songs just on repeat and then change it over and listen to another 10 songs on repeat. Um, But there's a song called I Dare You by Kelly Clarkson right now. It's pretty recent. That's that's pretty great, too. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's a song called Motion Sickness by Phoebe Bridgers. 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm loving that one right now, too. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of musical theater songs, wait for it. Obviously. Yeah. On there. Um, I also, I love the song Red and Black from Les Miserables. Um, I just listened to that one the other day. And mm-hmm. it, it always gets me. It, it's like such a cool song because there's a lot of story in it. So it's not one that I would say that a lot of people would pick out from that particular show as being their favorite song. Um, but it always moves me. And then I love Flowers from um, Hades Town, too. Yeah, that was my favorite from the show as well. It's that's the song is so beautiful and just heartbreaking. Yeah. Now, um, I would have to say mine would definitely be, uh, and it changes a lot. Mine would definitely have to be "Wait" from Sweetie Todd. I love that song. I believe it has a meaning to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of sing it when I get overzealous sometimes. Um, another song I would have to say would be If Words Fail from Shrek. Mm. Oh, I love that one. Yes. Because, like, how many times, you know, it, it's such a melancholy song. Like, how many times have you wanted to, like, talk to someone, but you're like, oh, my God, whatever it did, doesn't work. And um, my last one would have to be... Uh, I'm going to go and say Will Common because, you know, um, MC is such a fun character to play and that's such a fun song to sing. Have you played that character before? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd love to see that. You don't have a recording of it, do you? No, unfortunately not. I think the uh, I think the theater does. I'm going to ask them about that, too. Because uh, I know they have one recording that I would not like you to see. And I will <laughs> we will get to that later. But yeah, I think they do. It was very fun. It was one of my uh, favorite roles. And I was kind of nervous because, you know, MC, he's like grabbing ass and genitals all throughout the show. So like my first like couple of tries, I was like, saying sorry to people and I kept asking people are you sure if it's okay and they're like oh no it's part of the show you know <laughs> uh, that's yeah. great. That's and then it, yeah and then it was one of the uh, first roles where my dad got to see me act so he got to see me in a dress <laughs> you know <laughs> so, yeah I'm pretty sure a lot of people close their eyes on that part though <laughs> I do I cannot rock a dress, unfortunately. I'm not like Billy Porter. <laughs> <laughs> well, you must cast for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure I, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Th- thankfully, he did, the director didn't see my legs before he casted me. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. What are your top three favorite movies? Um, let's see. I love Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Mm-hmm. Sad, but it's still one of my favorites. Um, let's see. 
Wow, I've been watching so much Netflix lately. It's been a long time since I've watched an actual movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I love the Lord of the Rings movies and books. Um, the first one, The Fellowship of the Ring, probably yeah. always be one of my favorite movies. Yeah, um, I'm a huge fan of that whole because uh, I'm as an actor, you know, we're big on character develop, development. So the fact that he literally created a whole universe for like one story is amazing to me. It's incredible. Yeah, languages, and um, I, I actually took a Tolkien class in college, and um, which is such a fun class, and we studied, you know, the Samarillion and kind of went into all of the things in Tolkien world. He's such an interesting man. So, so yeah, I, I love those movies too. Um, I had such a crush on Orlando Bloom had, have, I have. still. Everybody does. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, you kind of reminded me of Mrs. Lovin. What's a nice, what's a nice plump frame that man has had, had. has, <laughs> <laughs> but it can't be traced. <laughs> I love that song too. Yeah. Um, love actually, I love Love Actually too. That's a good movie. It is. I I think I sing. I have kind of a joke. Um, with my partner, we're always like, I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. <laughs> I, I think we probably sing that at least once a week yeah uh, give me your top three favorite actors top three favorite actors okay um, oh 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 um, okay so I know I should know his name. I'm just, I'm struggling. I've got a flooding of names coming into my brain. Um, but the guy who played uh, in the new X-Men movies, Professor Xavier, do you recall his name? Oh, uh, yeah. His name is uh, Sir something, I think. Um, no, no, no. Not in the old ones. In the, in the new ones. Oh, you're not talking about Hugh Jackman, are you? No, I'm talking here. Let me see. Um, you, I'm like looking it up right now. <laughs> X Men. There's Ian McCullen, Patrick Stewart, Hugh Jackman, James Marsden. Those are all the no. I mean, like the the very very new ones. The one, um, like with the Phoenix that they just came out with. Oh yes, he played in Split. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, he he plays young uh, Charles Xavier. I think I know exactly. Uh, uh, oh, James James uh, McAvoy. Yeah. Oh my God, he is so underrated. He's so amazing, and and he played. Um, I really want to get. They filmed. He did in London. Um, Serrano. Um. Wow, I'm beautiful today with my words. Um, <laughs> he he did a play, a famous play, a Shakespeare play, um, that they filmed, and I've been trying to find the recording because I I really want to see it. He's just amazing. He I saw him um, 
I was watching his dark materials on HBO recently. He's briefly in that show, but um, yeah, he's fantastic. I also love Michael Fassbender. Yeah, he's another good one. He's really great. He was amazing. Um, did you ever see the Macbeth that he was in? Mm. That show was that was trippy. I heard about it though. I heard it was good. It was. It was power. His performance was powerful. And then um, I'm trying to think of my favorite female actress because I feel like I need to to give the ladies a shout out too. Yeah. Um, I mean, Meryl Streep. Obviously. To me, she's one of the best. Like, her and Viola Davis and Angela Bassett are, like, up there, you know? Yeah. Oh, and Bernadette Peters. Bernadette, yes. Oh, my God. She's a vampire. She doesn't age. She does not age. No. She just, and she somehow, instead of sucking life, she gives life. She's a vampire that gives life. Yeah, because, like, I would remember watching her in uh, in uh, Cinderella, and then I just so happened to look her up and to see what else she's done. And it was, like, her age, I'm not giving it to I'm not giving it <laughs> I don't know if she watched her or not. But I was like, wow, she's... Uh, She's she's up there and she looks the same since 1999. She does. It's it's incredible. Um, yeah, Hattie Lapone also is a legendary. Since we're going that red route, you have to mention Patty Lapone and Angela Lansbury. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah. What advice would you give to somebody trying to do what you're doing? I would say. Um, make sure to trust your intuition and keep your confidence. You don't have to compare yourself to anyone. Just work hard and then bring your passion to it um, and never give up. And don't let the drama of our industry sway you. Stay true to yourself and breathe. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, now I know you sing, do you write as well? I do. Yeah. I, um, I actually prefer writing as my communication medium. Um, I write more, I haven't written a screenplay or any type of thing like that. Actually, that's not true because I wrote a stage adaptation of Anastasia when I was seven um that my grandmother still has and I know I don't know if you saw um I I watched Anastasia when it came to town they kind of reworked I like like what they did with the show the concept but the staging was a little weak to me although I guess maybe they were just trying to showcase the voices because the music in that show is incredible um but yeah (laughs) off track a little. I do write. I um I've been writing some stories. Ooh. Yeah. Do you write do you write songs at all? Oh, um a little bit. I play the ukulele and so I kind of make up little songs as I go. I do I do a lot of covers, but I also I've I've got a couple of things that I've that I've written. I have one piece that I sent um 
to Nick Caldwell, if you know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were kind of working on, we wrote a song years ago and have been somewhat trying to collaborate on a, on a second. So we'll see if anything comes of that. <laughs> yeah. Now, what's your writing process like? Because I know different people have different, you know, writing processes. So what's yours? I always just try and get into the feeling. Um, Sometimes I'll listen to, I feel like other music inspires. Either if I'm writing a story, I listen to music to get into the feeling of, of what I'm writing. And if I'm writing a song, then sometimes I'll start it with a song that has a similar feeling to me that evokes what I want to express. Um, not in words, but in feeling. And then I just start playing around by singing aloud. And sometimes it, you know, it sounds really disjointed and it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, until I come across something that I like, a sound pattern that I like and and I know what I want to say so yeah I mean when it comes to me uh it's weird because there's so many different you know writing processes some people you know get high or drunk because they feel like when they're in that state they're closer to the spirit world and the music gods can just drop stuff in some people like to sit in the bathtub some people like to go in coffee shops or close tight spaces uh but me like i have to be inspired like i'm just now learning how to like write on command but i mostly have to be have like some kind of an inspiration like i'm uh on stage and like it's the final curtain call that i get inspired by that feeling and i'll mm-hmm. go and like write something down or you know something like that and it's funny because when I uh, sing or when I write I hear it in my head already fully produced singer and everything it's just like there's a my friends hate it because they spend so much waste so much time trying to find lyrics to a melody or vice versa and another method I do I took it from uh, Victoria's the birthday week song I say how I'm feeling out loud and I write it down and I say what I want to say. I write that down and then I just try to put the words together. Mm-hmm. That's, a great, yeah. that's a great process. Do you ever go outside? I often find myself doing like a, that it comes more naturally when I'm sitting outside somewhere. No, but I'm going to try it now. And also uh, I'm not sure if you heard the diamonds demo, uh, that she did for Rihanna by Sia, but the way she writes, she has the beat and melody first, and she just yells out gibberish, and sometimes a few words will, you know, get in there. So what she'll do is she'll be like, "Okay, I said tonight, and I said uh, beautiful. How can I write in between the blanks and make this, you know, work?" So it's almost mm-hmm. as if she's letting the universe write like give her things you know what i mean oh yeah that's beautiful i will try that that sounds that sounds really cool yeah you know she'll be like da 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 diamond da da 
tonight and she's like just mumbling and whatever comes out comes out and like she'll like fill in the blanks and i mean diamond is a great song so if i could get some songs like that i'll definitely try it out <laughs> right yeah now when it comes to musical theater when we hear hear uh well-rounded we often think sing song and uh, sing dance and act mostly at the same time. But I feel like there's so much more. There's, you know, set design, props, costume, lighting, uh, directing, producing. Would you ever like venture out behind the scenes? Oh, definitely. I have always been obsessed with costume design. And um, something that I've actually been playing with, I have a sewing machine and the past couple of years, a couple of friends of mine and I have been playing a lot with, um, with fashion and costuming and, you know, we'll do like fun photo shoots and, and just kind of play around with things like that. So I would love to do costume design for a show. Um, I also, when I experimented with directing, very much enjoyed what that process looked like. Um, so I'd, I'd love to get into that more too. Nice. I think that would definitely, I think seeing how the other side works would definitely help your audition process because you would understand it better, you know, with coming from the other side. Uh, who's your favorite director? Who's a director you would want to work with if you could? Um, hmm. Like if you got to call... You're going to Hollywood, pick a director, pick a but what like what director would you choose? So I know she's not a director, but the person I would immediately call would be Mindy Kaling. Mm-hmm. Um, who, I, I I don't know, she may have dabbled in directing. I know she writes. Um I I want to work with her for sure. And in terms of directing. Um, you know, I, there are so many directors that I love. I don't know that I could, I could pick a favorite directing style. I, um, I love all of the different styles too much to be able to pick one. So I don't don't know. I don't know. I think I would just go out there and, and go for it and see. I'm all about, um, the idea that you find, like if you're looking for something in the universe, it's also looking for you, you know, like you come across what you're meant to. And um, so I'd go out there and, and I bet I'd fall into the, the hands of the right director. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because you pronounce your name Rhiannon, right? I actually say Rhiannon. Rhiannon close enough yeah <laughs> uh, it's funny because on a podcast like you know the song Rhiannon and I was like uh I've always wanted to meet somebody named you know Rhiannon and here you are Rhiannon I think that's I, I think that'll do you know I, I think I manifested that so <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it's the same name I um and I go by Rhiannon a lot, too, or I let people call me that. Um, I've been a little bit, you know, I'll, I'll correct the pronunciation every once in a while just because my family says Rhiannon. But I'm named after the Celtic goddess that the song is about. So mm. the song, you know, 
I always, I've always felt a connection to the song. So yes, you, you totally manifested me. Yeah, that's so cool. Uh, if you could direct any Broadway show or any musical in general on Broadway, what would it be? And who would you cast as the lead? Ooh. Um, okay, let me think. I would love to direct... This is a movie, but I'd love to make it a stage show. I'd love to direct The Prince of Egypt. Oh, my goodness. Do you know how epic that would be as a musical? Because it is a musical, really. It is. I mean, it's Stephen Sondheim, who is, like, my favorite composer of all time. Oh, Um, yeah. And, yeah, it it would be incredible on stage. I actually want to get, like, a couple of million dollars and do this now. Like, I would totally go see that. Like, it's funny because I have a friend and we talk about shows that should turn into musicals. Like, uh, we think Monster House should be a musical and, you know, so on and so forth. But, uh, yeah, that one, it has songs already enough to be a musical. So, yeah, I would definitely love to see that. But you would have to write an original song for it, though. Okay, yeah, I can, I, I mean... It's kind of it's kind of difficult with Stephen Sondheim having written all of the other music, but I, I could yeah, <laughs> just, yeah it's hard to follow up, hard you know? to follow that type of genius. But I I could throw something in there, you know, give like the Swans a little song on the river or something, it, you know. <laughs> yeah, but who would you cast as Moses? Mm, um. I mean, if if Michael Alonzo auditioned for me, I feel like he would be phenomenal. I could see that. I could see that. Uh, I would like to have uh, Otis Jr. as um, Pharaoh. Oh, yes. Actually, it's funny that you say that because I was thinking that uh, totally myself. So, yeah, he would he would be so good. Yeah. Now, what's your most embarrassing theater moment you've ever had? Um, I've had I've had a few. Uh, okay, one time, this was in at Quad C. Um, we were getting ready to do the musical theater thingy, and I don't know. I had some dress on that you could see through when you put the stage lights on. Mm-hmm. And not, I mean, I don't have a problem with, I, I go to like, um, or before COVID, hot springs that are nude and, and stuff like that. Like I have no, no issue with that. But when you're in an inappropriate setting or you're not on stage doing a show that calls for that, you, you don't want that. So that was yeah. definitely pretty embarrassing. Um, some one of my friends had to be like, "Hey, you know, like we can totally see completely through your dress," and I had to go um, in the parking out into the parking lot and change. So that was that was fun. That was a fun moment. Yeah, uh, I'll just mention that because I mentioned it. But um, uh, I was doing a production of uh, Sweetie Todd. And I had a morning show and an evening show, and I didn't want to leave. 
So, and I was starving and Mrs. Lovett, she gave me some um, uh, brownies and I'm lactose intolerant, but at this point I'm so hungry, I don't freaking care. So I scuffed down 10 of them and it felt like I was pregnant with like scissors. Like my stomach was hurting all throughout the show. And I had to fart during the not while I'm around scene. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, let it out uh, on my last high note. Nobody's gonna, you know, nobody's gonna, you know, hear me or anything. And I forget that, you know, we are mic'd. So I evidently <laughs> fart in Miss Lovett's face, which had a microphone on her forehead and everybody heard it. Oh no! Yeah, and that was taped. Actually, I I, I leave that part out. But yeah, that was during the tape show. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm so sorry. I know how you feel. I'm lactose intolerant too. And actually, I give you props for even thinking that you could fart and sing a high note at the same time. Because I feel like I could not do that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, trying to mask it, but. It's funny. Yeah. It's, and it's funny because somebody that I interviewed actually actually found it. And I was like, well, how did you uh, find it? And he was like, well, you said you were 16. So I just I just matched up the dates. <laughs> oh, what a good friend. <laughs> now, what's your greatest theater moment? I'll go first. Um, my greatest theater moment was actually during the uh, musical theater thingy. It was my first, um, and I don't know why it was my first musical theater thingy. Like I was, I take the class since uh, 2016, so I don't know why it was. But um, say for example, uh, we had a musical theater thingy, and coincidentally. Uh, Ethan Mullins was singing um, uh, what song he was singing this is a moment and um, it's so funny because after he sung that song the whole class like went to the uh, went into the black box and we got a standing ovation that night and have you ever been to the black box at Colin? Oh yeah. So you know how it's made kind of like theater three Coliseum style the uh, uh, bleachers are higher than the stage yeah. Okay. Well, and we got a standing ovation. It was a packed house. Everybody literally stood up and clapped for us. And I don't know what that feeling was. Haven't felt it since. Haven't felt it beforehand. But it was just this. Uh, I think it's like what you feel like when you stand on a, a empty stage. I feel like it was just magical you know it was mm. definitely a magical feeling uh i would love to feel that again and yeah that had to be i was like this is what it has to be like when seeing your daughter be born or come into the world because it was dead i can't imagine any feeling topping that you know what i that's that's an amazing story and i totally resonate with that there you're right there's nothing more magical than that feeling on stage there's really not um i haven't had kids yet so um i don't know if i will but if i do you know i'll 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 come back and let you know if it was if it was better <laughs> something like that yeah um for me 
you know, I've, I've had moments on stage where my favorite times are the you disappears, you know, like I, the, the show is so real and so raw and so energetic that I don't remember performing. I get off stage and it's a blur. Um, and, and it's those type of performances that feel like a success to me because you know that you're engaged and that it was magical. Um, I had, I did a performance of Godspell at UNT mm -hmm. and there were performance nights that, you know, by, by the crucifixion when we were crying, it, you know, it was the, the emotions were so real and we were all really a tight knit cast and it was, um, it was incredibly raw and it was incredibly magical, but I've got to say that my actual, like most successful theater moment was when I was in the ensemble um, slash I was Penny's understudy for Hairspray at Quad C and um, Alexandra played Penny and she had something wrong with her throat. And uh, so she like, something happened she said she could do the performance we were all the way through you until you can't stop the beat and right before she was going to go on and they were going to do that number she told the director like hey i can't my voice is gone it's just gone so i'm under in the pit and what we did was we turned on my mic and i sang while she danced and mimic like did the part um, because she couldn't finish the show. And it was one of the most, like, craziest, magical experiences to hear my voice coming out of her mouth on stage as I'm, like, watching and seeing the way that that worked and we pulled that together as a cast was a, a phenomenal experience. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. It, that was That was truly fun and, and one of my most fond successes. What are your top three musical theater shows of all time? Lame is hands down. I've loved that show since I was um, in grammar school and I've seen it in like four different countries. Yeah, it's funny. Well, it's funny because I tell everybody if you love Lay Miz, it takes a special kind of there's two types of theater kids. There's some cool theater kids and then there's the theater geeks. You have to be a theater <laughs> geek to love that show. It's it's true. You do. I can't help it, though. I yeah, I've seen it in Canada. I flew specifically to London to see the London cast. I, it's an amazing show. I the revival that they've done um, they because, you know, it it's such an old show, but they really have revamped the music and it's so it has the same passion and um you know, that my favorite line is, is the end of that show. Um, and remember the truth that once was spoken to love another person is to see the face of God. Yeah. I mean, can you can you beat that? Nope. Have you seen the show called uh, She Loves Me? Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're definitely a theater geek. <laughs> <laughs> no, because so many people I know hate classical theater for some reason but uh to me she loves me is like the wicked of classical theater it has all the 
classical aspects in there without the bigotry or racism and it's just an all-out good show it's it's one of those musicals where i could do a tribute show by myself up and down you know (laughs) yeah i'd I'd love to see that definitely and the piggyback since you like les mis have you seen the key and pill skit one at a time no Oh, no. Okay, so Key and Peele did this hilarious bit where they made fun of Les Mis. And um, it's funny because, like, you know how they, like, talk, sing over each other? <laughs> well, like, um, the Ke- Keegan was trying to talk, and he was like, okay, I'm talking now. Why are you talking while I'm talking? Can you please <laughs> stop talking over me? I'm trying to explain myself to you. And then uh, they have a lady that's mimicking Anne Hathaway's character. He's trying to say something. And Anne Hathaway's character just, you know, breaks out out of nowhere. And he says, okay, now where did this bitch come from? You know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they just, you know, they even have like the, um, uh, the two comic relief and, you know, that they're like, we're just here for comic relief. And then at the end, they're like, why are we all facing the same way? <laughs> you know, <laughs> And uh, it's just a funny, like any true, um, any true like Miss fan would definitely find that hilarious because there's so much true jokes in that, that they do. So I definitely highly suggest after the podcast, you go and check out One at a Time by Key and Peele. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm writing it down now. I love that. Yeah. Uh, give me two more. Okay. Um, next to normal mm-hmm. changed my changed slash saved my life. Um, I love that show. It's I experienced people in my life that, um, you know, parents, the family, the family unit thing, it's it's a small it's a small show it i think from every angle the character development is really beautiful the character like emotion is really beautiful and i, I love the music nice uh, so that one and then there was um a show called fly by night that i don't know if you remember it came to dallas theater center and it was off broadway um and it's you know it's weird to mention it as the third show except for i feel like it was really underrated there's a song um in that show and I, there was not a dry eye in the audience. And it's one of the sh- those shows where I've never seen everyone at once be so impacted. And it's only a five-person cast. And it's about destiny and fate and creating your own destiny. It's a really, just a really beautiful, simple, powerful show. Nice. What's your go-to karaoke song? Um, I, you know, I've been thinking about that recently because I always did 
part of your world mm-hmm. as a karaoke song, yeah. which doesn't really get people very vamped. And that song came I on just... last night because I like to clean to a normally I turn on Billie Holiday or Lana Del Rey or, or uh, Fleetwood Mac or um, who's the chick that uh, sings Tears Dry on their own. Um, Amy Winehouse, but I was like, you know oh, what? Yeah. I'm gonna switch it up today. I'm gonna just cut out the playlist. And I was literally cleaning my bathroom to look at this stuff. Isn't this <laughs> neat? You know? I love that. That's that's the perfect thing to clean to. I really feel like Disney songs are just great. And I love, you know, because everyone else will sing pop or rock and really bring something to the stage when they do karaoke. And it's always been my go-to to kind of reminisce and get nostalgic with people and, and bring that bring that Disney magic. Yeah. Um, my- and I love I love the Disney Broadway shows too. I would love to play Ariel yeah. someday. You know, it's it's just in my heart. So um, but I do want to find there was a song that came on the radio the other day and I didn't write it down because I was as I was singing it and I thought this is the perfect karaoke song. It's great. It's in my range. Why have I never sung this? And I'm pretty sure that it was Pat Benatar, but I for the life of me can't remember. So I've got to find it again now. How did it go? Do you remember? I, I know I don't remember at all. I, I know that I know the song. And so I was singing it and it just randomly came on the radio and I don't normally listen to radio. I usually listen to Spotify. So yeah. it came on and I'm singing it. I was like, oh, this is so such a great one. Um, hopefully I come across it again. Yeah. Now, for me, I feel like Disney, Billy Joel and Elton John are like the karaoke go to's the safe karaoke go-tos um have you ever seen lion king 2 oh i love lion king 2. to me that i like it better than lion king 1 to me it's like the best disney uh, uh sequel in the world um do you like uh a goofy movie i do it always made me sad but i loved it yeah i actually have a power line uh concert tea i got it my i want to say i was doing a 90s party so it came to me just in time i went to target and i was gonna get a spider-man onesie because i don't own a onesie and still don't but i saw that t-shirt and i was like it was like it was glowing i was like come to me yes and it came out the concert uh was in 1994 which is the day i was born so even better you know Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. But you do need to get yourself a onesie soon. I do. I do. I'm still looking. I'm still looking. Um, Let's see. Dream musical theater roles. What are your th- top three? Um, I would love to play Anastasia. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Really, I, you know, I, I've always wanted to play. Natalie has been a dream role of mine since I was young in terms of for, from next to normal. I think I'm probably pushing on being able to play a 16-year-old now, though. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day I'll play Diane. That would be, you know, she's still, that's still up there. 
Um, I also think it, so I'm going to, I'm just going to put two in because I'd love to play Mrs. Lovett. Um, and like I said before, I really just about to, Washington. I, yeah, I was just about to say you would make an awesome Mrs. Lovett. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, she's so, um, there's something that when I was, when I was younger, I don't think I would have been able to tap into. And I feel like I've come into it as I've gotten older and I really would love the opportunity to rock her out. Yeah. Cause I feel like there's a lot of things in Sweeney Todd that are like very particular that not a lot of people get. Like um, I hate when um, I hate when uh, Anthony comes off as creepy because he's not supposed oh, I know. to but a lot oh, of people play him that way or like um when uh mrs lovett is belting nothing's gonna harm you she's not supposed to belt it because she doesn't really care she's just covering for sweeney you right. know <laughs> yeah um oh um, i i also um just i know you said three but i'd love to play galinda too galinda i can see that as well I can see you as Glenda as well. Um, can you sing uh, popular for me? Yeah. Um, whenever I see someone less fortunate than I, and let's face it, who isn't less fortunate than I, my tender heart tends to start to bleed. And when someone needs a makeover, I simply have to take over. I know, I know exactly what they need. And even in your case, though it's the toughest case I've yet to face, don't worry, I'm determined to succeed. Follow my lead, and yes, indeed, you will be popular. You're gonna be popular. I'll stop there because I feel involved. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Um, can you sing Worst Pies in London? Um actually no. I I can't. I know that I should be able to, but I am totally blanking on how that goes. I'm sure if you can you start it for me? Yeah, um wait, what's your rush, what's your hurry? You gave me such a fry. I thought you was a ghost off a minute. Can't you sit? Sit, sit you down, sit. Uh, all I meant is that I haven't had a customer in weeks, and would you come in for a pie, sir? No, I can't do it. I'd have to practice that one. Yeah, yeah, you should. <laughs> you should. What about, um, uh, well, if you don't know worst pies, do you know wait? Um, wait, wait that Sweeney Todd sings? It's the uh, easy now, hush, love, hush. I keep telling you what's the mm -hmm. rush. That one. I, so I listened to that show so much back in high school, which is 10 years ago now, um, and have like pocketed it as one that I love. I can't believe it's that the lyrics have, have left me a little bit. If I were to play it on the rate, like on play it and sing with it I could sing with it but it's not with me enough to to be able to just pull it out I know that's so yeah. awful but I can't yeah oh no it, it happens it happens um 
I'm like that way with um, uh, when he sees me. Like from Waitress, I love that song. I love that character, but I could not remember all those words. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, let's play a game of song association now that we're singing. Um, basically, I'll give you a word and you have to sing um, a, a song with the word in the song or the chorus. Okay. Got it? All right. Love. I love you always, forever, near or far, closer, together, everywhere. I will be with you. All right, dance. Dance like a monkey. Dance, dance like a monkey, baby. Dance like a monkey. All right, um, rainbow. Somewhere over the rainbow, way up high. Um, water. What I love most about rivers is you can't step in the same river twice. The water's always changing, always flowing. I love you for that one, because I was thinking that song. I was like, okay, I probably should have said river, but she's smart enough <laughs> to, well, our brains are in sync. Yes. You know? Um, yeah. Um, last one, part. Part? Yeah. Um... Uh, part of your world, but I is, is the one that first comes to mind. Um, Sing it. <laughs> look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? Wouldn't you think I'm the girl, the girl who has everything? Um, I want to get to the part that says part. Part um, of your you, 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 world. I'll just hit that. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> There we go. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. I really had fun. Great. Um, thank you so much for having me on. No problem. And hopefully, you know, Miss Rona will leave the group chat so we can resume our, you know, shows because I would love to see you perform or I would love to see you, you know, uh, you, you yes. see me perform. Yeah. You, know, if you, you I mean? know, if you're ever doing anything yeah. virtually, um, or any type of collaboration I'm always open to it thanks for reigniting some of my my musical theater passion here and um I'll be I'll be listening to Sweeney Todd now today and and getting back up with the lyrics <laughs> of that show yeah and don't forget your homework that I gave you because it's hilarious. I got you there <laughs> yeah and you're sending me something else too right yeah, I'm sending you the um, Till I Hear You Sing, yes, uh, Ethan yes. Mullen. Okay. Yeah. All right. You too. Talk to you later. Bye.